for sure. Hey, everybody, welcome back to our live stream today. Uh, as usual, we're going to dive into some of the altcoin news, but really an, an analysis that you guys have not seen before, and that is our Q1 forecast. And I'll explain how we pull that together, what our uh, predictions are, and kind of where this potentially will go with some of the top tokens in this list. But we will be revealing 25 different projects that are in our Q1 forecast to watch for sure. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back to TechPath. All right, so first thing you guys can do is, of course, remember, put your questions over in in the side chat. We want, we want to get to as many of those as we can. We'll try to get to those as quickly as we can. In addition, make sure to like the video. It's the number one thing you can do to help us. Obviously, if you have not subscribed, what are you thinking here? Let's get subscribed to the show. We dive into a lot of tech here, blockchain web three. Obviously, investing is kind of our core. If you've come across our channel and just have not seen this before, we'll break down. Most of this is geared toward altcoin, and at least for this particular episode, even though we cover gaming, NFT, all that good stuff. I want to jump to our first story, which is, of course, Uniswap launches on Polygon, driving Matic to an all-time high. We saw this uh, this week really start to move. And as you look at Polygon and really where, um, where they potentially could go with Uniswap, this is where it gets kind of interesting because as we see these kinds of partnerships with especially uh, protocols like Polygon, Matic, this really opens up the door for a lot of other potentials that really kind of open that gateway of opportunity. And this is kind of the case with many of the projects that are in the top 25. There's so many different deals that they're either putting together. They've got a tech stack that they're building to help interface with something else. And Polygon and Matic, I think, or excuse me, Matic and uh, Uniswap, I think, are going to be a match made in heaven. I think this is one of those that will continue to be uh, very interesting. Additionally, and I want to just kind of flow through through these guys, and this one is, of course, with Gap launching an NFT collection with Tezos. Now, Tezos, again, we've had Tezos on the show a couple of times. I, I would reference back to uh, an interview we just did with Arthur uh, Brightman, who is their uh, co-founder. Jump in and take a look at Tezos, because that is one of those projects that I feel has a lot of undervalue right now, and it's one that I do like, and I've continued to kind of uh, poke the bear a little bit on where Tezos is potentially going to be. But I do like the fact that they are getting active in the NFT and the collectible space. He talks a lot about that in the interview, so make sure and search Tezos, Paul Barron Network. You'll find those videos. Uh, this one is a good one as well. And, and of course, one of the things that makes me so bearish, or should, excuse me, bullish, on, I look at this topic and I think bearish, but bullish uh, for cryptocurrency in general is this headline right here, U.S. Bank's Form Group to Offer a USDF. Now, you guys have probably seen this headline. And really, how does that play into altcoins? The point that I'm getting at right here with um, USDF is the fact that banks are even addressing this market. That's probably the biggest scenario that we should be looking at. Now, granted, there will be a lot of things that start to flow into the strategy throughout 2022, and especially 2023, for traditional banking systems and how they're going to utilize uh, cryptocurrency. And in general, I think a lot of these altcoins, DeFi projects, et cetera. And there's a handful of banks that have already started to move in this direction. Uh, one of the banks that we've interviewed here on the show is a project called Vast Bank, V-A-S-T. What I would do is take a look at that one. Go look at it. It's a small regional bank out of Oklahoma. 
We had their uh, founder, their group IT team, uh, their crypto lead on the show here. Check out that video because it, it kind of goes into, and I, I know it gets a little icky when you think bankers, but it's a good interview in the sense of understanding what banks are trying to do. And if you look back at this article right here, so the group of U.S. banks plan to offer its own stablecoin, uh, USDF, and it's mainly tra- tackling concerns about the reserves uh, behind non-bank issued equivalents, meaning USDC, Tether, etc. Going into uh, Terra, you get into Dai, all of these stablecoins that are really out there, especially in the DeFi market and also in some of the exchanges, gaining so much uh, traction because of the pure and simple aspect of yields. Yields, of course, are killing the banking industry, industry right now. I'm doing some research on this very topic, and there is a lot of money moving off the sidelines out of U.S. banks and into DeFi and into things like what we're talking about here. So the group was made up of institutions backed by FDIC insured, uh, one of the country, obviously, industry key regulators. And so you guys understand, USDC, or excuse me, FDIC, it simply means that the federal government will give you insurance up to 250000 per deposit account to protect you in case that bank goes insolvent. Now, we are seeing some of this start to move into the crypto space where there is some insurance on some of your exchanges. What I would do is recommend that you check out all your exchanges really understanding. And as I said, the real reason for this and understanding where this is going is when you have that much interest in the space, you have many banks now starting to create a coalition to help offset the issue of stable coins. The only way that they even get close to competing is if they're going to offer reserve yields. If they're not offering yields like what a Celsius may do, you know, any exchange out there, Gemini, Voyager, all of these are offering high-level yields on these, including on some of the alt projects that we're going to talk about today. So all those yields are coming in. Those, those companies are, in essence, taking your yield or your uh, tokens, farming those out on DeFi platforms, and then making yield to come back and pay you. The banks will either have to get very sophisticated in this area, meaning that it's going to pump altcoins if we start to see that movement uh, in that space. And that's why I think it's very important to see how this may go. And one last thing I wanted to show here. This was a chart that was done on June 27th, July 18. Now, this is July 18. This is the Bitcoin halvening and really kind of the layer of the halvening that has occurred. So here was the second halvening on July 4th. If you want to check this out, just go to the trading view. You can find this chart out there. It's by Brave New Coin. And it's a pretty interesting layout because it does show you the, the potential of where Bitcoin is going to be going. Remember, Bitcoin being the guiding light of how altcoins alt, alt perform. Uh, but if you look at where we are right now in this third happening, which is right here, June 29th, 2020, and that was essentially where we've seen it. Now, a lot of people have picked the top right here on August of this year, meaning 2022. So you see where the issue is right here on potential gain. Again, if we continue to see this run-up right here, as we've seen this run-up over these past happenings, the potential is really here for Bitcoin to go out there and perform. And then, of course, the fourth happening is right here on uh, June no, 17th, uh, 2024. So we're looking at that area of time. And really, it's, it's lengthened out in terms of where the top might be as opposed to the amount of time of where we saw the bottom. So if we do see the top 
and this prediction is right, somewhere in the August range, the bottom could float in here somewhere in the uh, April range of 24. So about, about a two-year run right there, not quite two, about 18 months uh, of where that might go. Now, how does this affect what we're looking at with Q1 and where some of these tokens are going? Because this is really kind of the short-term play that we start to do in the altcoin area. And some of these altcoins are probably projects that you might be want, wanting to hold in a long period of time or over maybe this year going through this bear market once we hit that bear market and then holding through it and then coming out on the other side. Many of these projects, and I feel very confident that most of these projects will probably survive what we will see on the bear market, but we will get into each one of these. And a few of them are gonna be pretty uh, evident. Matic being the first one, I just have the three month chart right here. Of course, if you had a chance to grab this back in November, you were buying it at a buck fifty-three. We saw this top end right here come in at uh, on right after Christmas Day, at two eighty-eight. The dip came in obviously with what we've seen in the market. Another opportunity around a dollar ninety, and then we saw this move up here recently. So Matic is definitely showing some price action, but more importantly, as they continue to really push into the market, and I think that with that kind of scenario you're going to see this project along with many others continue to take these higher lows and these lower, potentially lower highs as we start to see it uh, trickle off uh, into the first quarter. And that'll be the biggest question. All right, so Matic on the chart, and I wanna jump into where it resides here on the chart itself. And this is something that we pulled back here in, let's see, when did we pull this one? This one was on November 18th. Uh, we pulled a 75 on sentiment. We did pull an amplification score that was higher. And again, if you're new to our channel, the way we measure these is through a technology we've been developing for years. It basically measures sentiment and amplification. Amplification simply means, do we have enough traction of people talking about this to drive price action? Amplification usually will identify uh, potential future price action. So what we'll do is we'll paint that indice over it. And we did this back in November and we did follow it up. Sure, it, bu it busted out of our amplification and, and uh, sentiment metric right here in early December, but came right back in line with, you know, right back in here with a little bit of volatility, jumped back up to the high, which we said was 256, came back down. We pulled another sentiment, again, solid, uh, but definitely after we saw a little bit of movement after, remember, that December 4th drop of Bitcoin. So the market got a little unstable, and then we saw a little bit of movement, and then off we go. We are exactly in that same position right now, and we'll probably pull another data point right here to see how this might paint out. But it is definitely on track right now for Polygon. Sandbox is the other one that is interesting to watch. This one has been much more sideways with exception of over this last few days. And we pulled this sentiment right here on December 13th. Pretty much have been online with that one, even picked up this uptick, and we kind of ran out of juice on data. Uh, this one is another one we, we, we need to pull uh, soon to kind of look at the forecast of where that's going. But what we have done is looked at the sentiment overall on all of these projects as we see amplification. And we've taken a little bit of extrapolation to determine how these might play out in Q1. And I'll show you the chart on where those rank. Solana came in as our number three token. And this one, of course, again, 
has a lot of, a little bit of volatility again because you know Solana has had some a little bit of hiccup in terms of congestion, uh, and I think we'll continue to see that uh, throughout. So uh, sentiment has been dropping though from a 75 to a 73, and then down here to a 71. But amplification scored a little higher right here, which get, indicates that we're probably going to see some upward movement here. I'm picking uh, Solana to be back up around the 280 mark somewhere around the end of January. So this one has another, and Solana is one of those that has been very solid in terms of performance, at least from an investment standpoint. Axie is the other one. We're gonna do the top five and then I'll show you the charts. Axie is the other one uh, that came in here. And of course, sentiment on Axie is right here on January 10th. And uh, I wanna make sure that one, yeah, Axie. So this one's been flowing out. We do see this one going up also. So again, remember, 74.11, 73.07, this one we just pulled right here on January 7th, seeing a little bit of downward action, which is pushing this little bit of, of a section right here. Let me draw that out just so we kind of can keep track of that one. And that's where that little bit of down pressure is coming right now. And again, sentiment has been holding on Axie. I think the situation was staking and also what could potentially be the land that eventually will start to come into that. The biggest issue is there's a lot of projects that are starting to release. We'll see some gameplay that'll start to move out. My concern with Axie, if I have one, is after Q1, could they start losing players? We're gonna be watching that one very closely. So, uh, but remember, staking Axie, we've done a video on that. That's something that you should be doing. It's a very simple process. Check back and watch our video on staking Axie if you are an owner of Axie. Luna, this is one we've been very big on. We've done an analysis on this one. Pulled a sentiment back here in mid-December. It was an 80 and a uh, 80.29 and 81.85. Its sentiment was flying. And of course, our, our indice was tracking it up. We lost track of it right here at the top and pulled another sentiment right here. And this one is the one we're working on right now. It's a 77.21 and a 77.16. If I were to hold that or pull that maybe six hours later, it's likely that amplification might go above sentiment which gives me usually an indicator that we're gonna see upward movement here. And you've got a big uh, green candle working on this one right now. Let me kind of zoom in on that just a little bit for you where you can kind of see what's happening there. So there's a lot of potential opportunity, I think, here for uh, where Luna could be going. Uh, and I like this one. This is one that I will continue uh, to be very, very bullish on uh, as we go. And let's go, let's take a look at Bitcoin also because everybody's wanting to know where is that one going. This one has moved out of our indice right here, but at the same time, our indice picked a downward move. It just didn't pick the top right here. It did get the bottom in right here, and we were able to pull that in around 41.3, which our, uh, we did this about uh, video, I think, a week ago uh, when we were measuring it right here on January 5th, and we were looking at downward movement. We did see this little bit of a clip right here. We just didn't pick out this top right here. I am still worried about what might happen this weekend with Bitcoin. This could be the slide that could be taking it back down where it's trading at 42.6. Could we see that now? We've had this nice little bump. Is that where we are right now in the market? It'll be interesting because I think some of the altcoins are following Bitcoin right now, tracking it very similarly. So lots happening in the space um, in many ways. And I wanna jump to our chart. And what I've done with this, so I can kind of explain this here, is forecasting, uh, we look at it in a couple of ways. One, we look at the performance of sentiment 
over the past six months. So we look at 30-day cycle sentiment over six months to try to create and see if there is a pattern in sentiment. Uh, because that usually uh, indicates price action patterns, all those kind of things that the traditional TA traders that you know an analyst will be looking at is price action, uh, money flow, all those kind of things that come within TA. So we look back six months, then we take a look at amplification and then see if there's any anomalies, then we pull the current data, and then we basically extrapolate from there to pick out which projects are going to be tracking in the next 90 days. So of these projects right now that we've been looking at, Polygon is number one. And granted, new sentiment, lots of market juice on this in terms of people really behind it. Sandbox, if you have not watched us, they always win out in terms of sentiment on our metaverse and gaming list when we isolate them against other metaverse and gaming. The one that surprised me was Solana. Solana actually has come back into at least the forecast when you look at overall performance. But I think it was because of the six-month run-up that Solana had, and there's some good potential there, so it's gained a lot of investors. Uh, number four is Axie Infinity. Not a surprise there, 7861. It's literally right neck and neck with uh, Solana. And then you've got Terra Luna coming in. Then you've got Polkadot, which, of course, we've seen with a variety of different parachain auctions, and we'll continue to see that. I think really kind of flow. And then Avalanche, which was our number one current state uh, token that we talked about earlier this week because we did a top 20. And that was like, here's the current top 20. Avalanche was winning the race in terms of uh, projects. Helium was one that we've done a couple of videos with Frank. Uh, and Helium is one that I think surprised a lot of people just on the amounts of gains that they've been able to pull but also they've been able to really put together some interesting partnerships and they've rolled out a bunch more tech. Remember, Helium is a Wi-Fi enabled um, altcoin that enables you to earn money by hosting is essentially a Wi-Fi router, uh, so to speak. Uniswap, not a surprise there. And then Binance, again, not a surprise there just because of Binance's movement and what they're doing on Smart Chain. So lots happening. Right there, let's take a look at the next uh, 15 because this is 11 through 25. This group, we'll run down it quickly because I know you guys have a lot of questions. Make sure and put your questions in the side chat, uh, definitely. And let's pull into those. Near protocol, up and down, but it has been very solid over the past 60 days. Again, one of the ones that I really like. Phantom, which is one of my three top coins for this year. I still believe Phantom is going to be a killer altcoin. Uh, UOS, if you have not seen Ultra, this is one you should take a look at. Check out uh, our own video on this. This is another gaming project. Then Harmony One, of course, I think a lot of people are behind Harmony and where it's going. Hedera, we've had Mance Harmon on the show before. Doing great. Uh, Hedera, I think, has, has kind of proven their own uh, case of why they are so special. And then, of course, Cosmos and Adam. That's just one that we've seen a tremendous... One that was new to this list, at least in my quarterly uh, forecast that I've not seen before, was SPIN. Uh, and then another one was right behind it was Metis. And this is a DAO. Uh, then you jump to Engine, which is right there on it. And of course, Engine, we see Affinity, all the things that are happening with Engine. XRP just will not go away. And I think that is the XRP army at work. And they are very convicted. And again, remember, this is looking at how well the community holds during downtrends in sentiment and upswings in positive sentiment. So that's why we can look at this from a forecasted metric. And we've been doing this for years on forecasting sentiment analysis 
on different you know Fortune 500 brands, all those kind of things. So we do that now with uh, quite heavily with the uh, blockchain. DYDX and Chainlink right there neck and neck. And then Theta, Arweave, Spell new to the list. And then, of course, uh, eGold. If you guys are not in Elrond, you should be taking a look at that one. These are my top 25 rankings based on overall sentiment forecast and where this might be flowing. So now, does this say that all of these are going to be pumping? No. But the point is, when we put these things together, we'll pull data like this. These are market movers. The concept with market movers are real simple. We'll pull data together, give you guys a little bit of insights on this, and then, of course, remember, not investment advice. But the point is, is it hopefully gives you a list of potential projects that you guys can jump out. So lots happening there. Let's dive into the Q&A because I want to make sure we get some questions because I know there's a lot of projects that people are going to ask about. And one of them, of course, the most, you know, it's the elephant in the room is why is Cardano not on this list? Cardano has had, remember, we looked six months back. So if you just go look at the chart on where Cardano has been and look at the overall situation with ADA, I think that will paint out why we've not seen it really hold on. Now, does that mean that Cardano couldn't pop and maybe get moving there? I'm going to go back here to pull the the chart here on Cardano just so you guys can kind of see a little bit of what I'm talking about. Right here is the one year on Cardano. And remember, August, that was when this, this kind of this death slide and death march began. And remember, this was right after Alonzo and Purple launching. So it, it's not that Cardano has not been. It just hasn't performed in terms of sentiment. And the what's interesting to me is the Cardano tribe has not held on as tightly as some of these other projects. And that usually drives price action. So that's one of the things. Let's jump over to it um, and go with this. John Davis actually buying more XRP on the mini dip. Good for you, John. I think that was going to be payoff for you. How about Alluvium? Alluvium is just one of those projects that it doesn't have enough runway here yet. I mean, it's holding. If you compare it to other games, I would put it in the top five. But when you go up against some of these layer ones and layer twos, it, you know, sentiment over long periods of time, you know, it just doesn't necessarily perform like that. So it doesn't get into those top uh, top ranks. Uh, Matic fees are getting expensive. I agree. That could be a problem. Watch out for that after Q1. Um, Craig, let's talk about Yield Guild Games and any other play to earn uh, metaverse plays. Uh, we do a ton of topics on that. In fact, we have a whole show segment that's dedicated to metaverse and gaming. And we do cover a lot of this. We are going to have more uh, gaming guilds on the show. We've got a handful of interviews coming up. So uh, definitely, by the way, check out the video on our Yield, or excuse me, on our uh, gaming guilds because we have a whole uh, video that's dedicated to our top gaming guilds and we rank them all by sentiment, which ones were doing well. We actually called a couple of winners in that video, so be on that. Uh, all right, uh, Jürgen. Solana has many errors and can Solana scale? Okay, scalable, I think, is yes in the design of Solana. If you look at the metrics and if you look at the tokenomics and also at the technology, a lot of what they're trying to do is definitely first rate. The challenge, again, with Solana, and I've talked about this many times, is anytime you have projects that are in the early stages, which Solana still is. Remember, Solana, you know, a year ago at this time, think about that, where Sol was. Let's go take a look at where Sol was, just so you guys kind of get a framework behind this. And you go back to the year, all time. Let's go back one year in all the way to January 
2021. Here we are. Solana was priced at $3.27. So that's an early project. If you think about something being being a year old and then all of a sudden is a Super Bowl player, it's like Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, you get Tom Brady, yeah, all right. Same kind of things happening with Solana is they now are mainstream. They are now considered in top five, almost everybody's list. And I think the question is, um, they've got to get past this congestion issue. They've got to be able to address uh, massive scale when it does hit. But I do agree with you. There are some thoughts on that. Algorand, let's talk about that, Mohammed. Algorand is a great project. Um, there, there is something going on there at Algorand. I just can't put my finger on what the potential is, but it is definitely one that we should be watching. Again, it's one of those that's been able to get escape velocity, which usually means people don't understand it. It's a little too complex. One thing I think Algorand needs to do is they need a better PR approach a better social media approach because that's usually going to build community. And once community gets going, price action will start. It follows immediately behind it. So very cool. Hey, listen, we pulled a poll here. Which will perform better in Q1 of 2022? 55% of you said Matic. Uh, so you agree with number one. I like that. Solana, 22%. Sandbox, 16 And Axie, 6%. Nice group. Thank you. That's a good one. I like that. 200 votes on that one. So awesome, awesome poll. We'll get back to the questions here because I know there's a lot happening. Alice, I'm invested in Alice. like that project a lot and what that could uh, do. Good packaging, uh, potentially going to be a really cool game that I think eventually could start to draw in a little bit more of the younger crowd, Gen Z and even Gen uh, Millennials. Uh, so that's a good one. Ethereum 2.0 and Q2, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think they're so... Remember, they're replacing an entire blockchain here with Ethereum. Would that happen in six months? I just don't know. Unless they have done just ridiculous overhauling under the hood and the amount of developers, the fight for developers right now, I just don't know. Even though Vitalik is uh, you know, probably a genius, is a genius, the potential of him rolling that out in, uh, in Q2, I just don't think so. I think this is probably more of an end of year I know people don't want to hear that because gas fees are continuing to be a problem. All right. Is BNB still relevant in 22? Absolutely. I love what Binance is doing overall as a project. And you just have to think about Binance Smart Chain and the amount of projects that are onboarding to BNB. BNB should be in this list. Again, remember, BNB had a short run-up. It only got to these all-time highs in the past six months. So overall, when we look at Q uh, quarterly forecasts, we're looking at historical data and then the current data. It holds out in the current data, holds out really well in the top 20. But when you look at historical data, and that's really kind of what leans in on uh, quarterly uh, forecast. Um, let's take a look at that, Thomas. I wanna answer your question here on Gala. And I've been watching Gala, I do own it. I just It's one of those that I'm kind of holding on a little bit of a long-term point right now. 36, um, it's back down a little bit. Let's see what the seven was. Um, you know, I was telling everybody, I think last week, somewhere under the 30 cent mark is a good one. This is trading at 32. So I'm, I might, I might wait just a little bit, wait just a little bit. That's what I would do if I was trying to put more bags of gala in the, in the bunch. Like I like Rose a lot. It is a project. We need to do a, uh, thank you for bringing that up, uh, David, cause we're going to do uh, a piece on Rose. And I think you guys are going to, going to like that one. We've got some layer one stuff and some extended stuff coming out that we're going to be doing as well. 
Uh, when will we see Matic above $3? I think we might see it in the first quarter. I think that might be one of those things. It's our number one token in our forecast, so lots happening there. Uh, I think Matic is done. Okay, good, good for you. One game, Sunflowers took them down. Yeah, <laughs> they bit off more than can chew. Let's see, let's see if that really happens. We'll see how that one goes. All right, lots happening here. Who, um, Adam or Luna? Which one would be your one-year hold? I would hold Luna. Uh, on that particular uh, scenario right there. Even though I love Adam, but you're giving me a choice, so I have to choose. Hey, listen, we love it when you guys uh, engage with us. That's the whole point behind this, but guess what? We're coming in on 300K. We are doing a big giveaway. We have some additional giveaways that we're doing in the Diamond Club. We have $1,000 in Bitcoin that we're giving away this month. You'll earn more details or learn more details about that one over on my Twitter. So just go to at Paul Barron. I'm releasing little clues of how you can get involved. Uh, we have some cool partners on that one, so you want to be stay tuned on that. If you want to catch me out on Twitter, it's just at Paul Barron. And of course, join the Diamond Club, Diamond Circle Club. It's right below. Hit the link. It's free. You guys are in. We'll catch you next time right here on TechBat.